Good people of Los Angeles. Tonight on the FCFC podcast, we've got Rastagarai, Gary, the man in the North End with probably the illest vinyl collection. Just kidding. That's shots fired. I, he didn't Ooh, say I that. I said that. I said that. I said that. We talk obviously about vinyl, the Black and Gold Vinyl Club on this episode. We also talk about Belize with a lot of puns related to Belize. So punny. So punny. We um, get into all sorts of fashionable male uh, attire with Josh Weiss. And he brings back his favorite segment of all, ID the IG. So yeah, look forward yeah. to that. Uh, we haven't been in the backyard for so a couple right of weeks. And we're Such happy to be back here. And we're so happy to have Gary on. And Thank you, um, yeah, this is a really great episode. Enjoy it. And listen to what Meta World Peace says, guys. Go outside. Take a break from your normal lives, the day-to-day. Bring your iguanas. You'll know what I mean by the end of the episode. And as per usual, we are in Dweezy's backyard at Expo Park. There are helicopters flying, cars driving by, cats mating. A um, whole bunch of noises going on in the backyard tonight. Uh, silver alerts. Yep, silver alerts. Uh, and there will be the usual profanity. So if you're around children... Or at work where you shouldn't be listening to profanity. Or if you're Gary's children. Like Gary's school. (laughs) Turn it off. It's a good time to stop listening. Way to go on, Belize. Way to go on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your favorite Korean fatty. Slam! Sitting across from me is the bearded one, the dweez. Cut the cord, y'all. Cut the cord. And we have the sexy one, the the jet setter of the group, Josh Spices, in the backyard this evening. Daylight savings. On what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight we have a very special guest. Um, not long ago, we we had formidable Fernando, who was a uh, part of of our quarantine uh, weekend lineups, and uh, it was only right that we brought in the. I guess he was the closer because I feel like Gary was the last one to to jump on the sets. But um, yeah, we have Rastagarai of Expo Originals and the Black and Gold Vinyl Club in the backyard this evening. What's up, brother? You better believe it. I'm um, here. Hey. Hey. Hit that button. <laughs> button has been hit. Yo, so Gary. Yes, sir. AKA Rastagarai. That brought, is also true. Brought a full... Belizean flag is draped over the mic stand right now. The first one to just straight up throw down, make himself known. He brought a small portable record player. Someone, we've had, this is the second portable record player. Someone else brought one. Oh, really? No, I brought mine out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You were the first person to bring a portable record player. That's unbelievable, honestly. <laughs> he also, he, this is what's going to be like the whole pod. The, the whole pod is just unbelievable jokes. Um, <laughs> 
he also brought us all tacos, yes. even though we brought him pizza. <laughs> and we learned again on episode 100 and whatever we're on. Communication is just key. <laughs> hit up your guests and let them know what you bring. So yeah, come on to the FCFC pod, guys. We know exactly what we're doing, especially yeah. with our mic cords. But I, was, I tried to bring them Belizean food, but sometimes your own people let you down and they were running out of food. So shout out to Tracy's. Shout out, yeah, shout out to Tracy's though. They are delicious. They sell the plates area. fast, man. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't get mad when someone yeah. sells out there. Well, the plates. problem with the Belizean food is not the problem, but a lot of the food takes like two, three hours to stew the meat. So you mm. can't just be like, can I get a plate? It's they make it in the morning. It lasts until the last. So yeah, I tried. I even was here early for once, and I'm known to be a, a late person. So <laughs> it just didn't work out. Did offer, um, if Tracy's did offer a takeout option, what 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 would we have been enjoying tonight? Um, the two main meals would be rice and beans. We cook them together, so the kind of looks like that brown color. If you've seen mm-hmm. Jamaican rice mm-hmm. and beans, it's similar. Yeah. So rice and beans with some stewed chicken, a side of plantains, and a side of uh, potato salad is kind of like the Sunday meal. You could switch that stew chicken out for oxtail, or you could switch it out for stew beef. Those are any of those three options would be your go-to's. I was also going to get some appetizers, some panadas, which are like kind of like similar to empanadas, salbutas, which are kind of like sopas, and garnachas, which is also like a tostada, but are just our variations. So it's like a mix of like Caribbean food with like Mexican food. Like we're a weird little mashup. What little country. Yeah, we're a crossover style. So it's like Jamaica meets Mexico. And that's Belize. If I had to describe it in a sentence. Hmm. I need to try some Belizean food. Yeah. Belize you me. Oh my God. I'm caught on, bro. I'm <laughs> caught on now. My siblings are going to be proud of all these <laughs> Belize drops. So... As a listener of this pod, you might yes. suspect my first question is going to be my. It's actually just going. I'm not going to pull any fast. Ones. Oh, I was okay. going to say, what's your oldest memory of stewed meat? But actually, Ooh. I'm just going to go with what's your. I do want to hear your first football memory. Let's start out there. All right, um, I have a few, but I was talking to my brother just to kind of refresh my own memory. Time yes. out, time yes. out. Yes. We're not going to just <laughs> gloss over the fact because people aren't in the backyard with this that Rastakari <laughs> straight busted out the notes as he started shout out the notes app real quick sponsor the pod this is how you know he's a teacher he's prepared also this is how you know he's fucking really excited to be on our podcast Slim hey future guests get your notes together you know I didn't want to be caught off guard (laughs) this is where the FCFC apology videos do you have other first memories like I I thought of my first record and music memories just in case these (laughs) came with a left. Yo, I love you. I was like, I was like, my ass about the first record. So let me just think about my first music. (laughs) But you weren't ready for the stewed meat. Stewed meat. Oh, wow, that that would have been a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) Give us the footy, man. All right, Um, all right, footy. So, uh, eighty-six World Cup. I'm a little older, so. uh, 86 World Cup, my brother was, we were, we watched the final. He's like, oh yeah, we watched the final. Then we were going out in the backyard and just kicking a yellow soccer ball around. And so that was the thing. And then my dad would always, sometimes he would wake us up just to watch games. He'd be like, get up, uh, this important game's on. And, you know, six, seven, eight year old me didn't remember what was on. Mm. So he's a, he's a Brazil fan because a lot of kind of Central American, South Americans that don't have, a team that's in the World Cup will 
latch on to Brazil because mm. that's that's like your hope. You kind of identify with them. Mm. It's good for your mind. Uh, hopefully, Belize will make the World Cup in uh, 2078. You know, is my hope for them. You know, like may, maybe when we expand to 100 we teams. Believe. <laughs> we believe. We believe. Come on. Oh, my gosh. When we miss that. When we when the World Cup expands to 100 teams, that's yeah. that's gonna that's when we're gonna be in there. 256 yeah. countries, yeah. World <laughs> Cup. That's when we Mars. Have, that's when we have a shot. So, um, so those are some World, World Cup memories. Um, do you remember who played in the final? Like when you were when you were young, do you remember wanting one no, of the two teams to no, win? No, I don't. And I, I had to remember that was the Maradona final. We beat West Germany. My brother remember he's my brother's four years older, so he was like, oh yeah, that was this one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh okay, so that's one. Also. Um, I didn't play organized. We didn't play organized soccer. I wasn't ever an ASO. We were, I did go to school in North Torrance starting in fifth grade, but my family, we kind of kept, they kind of kept to themselves. We didn't live in Torrance. Mm. So we didn't know what was going on. So we just kind of go to school, come home kind of thing. So kind of missed out on that boat. So by the time I got to high school and I was like, hey, maybe I should do soccer. And then I realized that people had been playing since they were like, Five. And it was like, yeah, this is too late. So yeah, yeah. And in Gardena, you were right next to the the mecca. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, we that. didn't even know. Like, I mean, you know, we, yeah, we lived in Gardena, and I went to school in uh, Catholic school in South Central until I was in fourth grade because mm. we used to live there. And then St. Michael's. I did go to St. Michael's. Wow. Ooh. Bam, wow. bro. Yeah, talk damn. about talk about dropping that. I taught at St. Michael's for a little while. Oh. That's unbelievable. So did my dad. He slept there for a while. <laughs> Shout out to Saint the corner of uh, Manchester and Vermont. Friend Vermont. Yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah. St. Michael's. Yeah, we our first house was on Hoover in 96. So we were like, that was our local parochial school. Because, yeah, in Belize, uh, there's no public schools. It's all like parochial school. So that's mm-hmm. what they, when they moved here, they put their faith in that. So, yeah, we went there. Uh, LAFC trivia question um the priest of saint michael's i believe helped christen the stadium oh really with the 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 that's when, not a trivia that's a fun fact well fun fact Anna, what's the difference <laughs> belizean saint michael's fun fact. question oh. <laughs> oh, a, you're right there's a belizean saint michael's fun fact the only belizean uh, nba player was on went to saint michael's milton palacio played basketball with my brother he was like on my basketball Brothers basketball team at St. Michael's, and he ended up playing on the Phoenix Suns. So wow! Hey, just uh, you know, bang crazy. the FCFC lines with all your St. Michael's trivia yeah, and fun facts, and we're gonna do a uh, oops all St. Michael's pod after that coming in, soon. That, after that minute episode, it'll, it's gonna be. A- <laughs> I kind of want to run a just a Belize segment every episode and just yeah. do like, hey, the facts about Belize. Unbelievable. Hey, Unbelievable <laughs> facts. I'm here for you. Gary, did you, like, I know you said 86 was your first World Cup, and you remember your dad kind of waking yeah. you up for key fixtures. Was that, did that kind of practice continue for different World Cups or yeah, different sporting I mean, yeah, events? Yeah, he was more just like a World Cup watcher. Once in a while, he'd watch other games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were, definitely watched World Cups. 94, I don't know. What, I mean, he probably didn't know how to get tickets, so we didn't go, you know, but we definitely watched it, and I don't remember what World Cup it is, but we had to pay, like, we had to buy, like, a pay-per-view. You know, things aren't how they are now. We had to get, like, a pay-per-view package. It was, like, pay $100, you can watch all the World Cup games kind mm. of thing. So we did that. He would tape the game, so he would have, like, Brazil versus Italy on video VHS, and we would Sick. randomly watch that, you know? Did he grow up playing? My dad did, yeah. He was a goalie. He broke his leg, so that's when he stopped playing. Mm-hmm. He was a teen or so. But, yeah, I mean, soccer is it's big in Belize. Um um, but yeah, so he did play as as a kid. So every time I'm playing, he's like trying to give me tips. 
And your yeah. folks, did they both, did they meet in Belize? Yeah, they, yeah. Met, they met in Belize. They, um, and then moved here together. Um, not Were you together, born there? You were born here. No, I was born uh, yeah, yeah. in Torrance. But um, yeah, no, they, they met in Belize. And he moved here. He joined the army and stuff like that. And went back and asked my mom to marry him and all that. But yeah, so then they moved here. But he's been here since mid-70s. Snuck his way in and... Nice. Yeah. Did what you got to do. Yes. Yeah, Things you can't do nowadays. Did it the right way. Computer. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> lied. He actually, he actually said he was Puerto Rican when he joined the army. Hell yeah. Because he spoke Spanish. So they were like, <laughs> you can't be, you, you know, nowadays they'd be like, nope, you were born here. Right, right, right. Back then so it was like easier to lie yeah. back then. Back then you're, they were like, <sighs> oh, sure, you're brown, you speak Spanish. Yeah, you must, must be Puerto Rican. And English, you must be. So eventually when they found out, they're like, well. You've been here for so long and you were in the army. So. Ah, let him in, yeah, guys. So, ah, come on. Yeah, no. He definitely snuck across. But. Damn, Gary with the Puerto Rican papers, baby. Let's go. Gary yeah, Sr. Yeah. Does uh, yeah. he still watch goalkeepers and admire their great work? And has does he know about Aaron Ramsdale and how he's the future number one in the world? He doesn't know. I mean, he knows about LAFC through me, but he doesn't watch. He hasn't seen any games this year, but he does watch. We know he does like to watch. And at this point, like, my brother and I, like, we are the bigger soccer fan. So he's, will be like, oh, hey, dad, let's watch, watch this game with us. Or yeah. like I took him to watch some Arsenal games. Like he's been to Fox and the Hounds yeah. with LA Gooners at least like 10 years ago and stuff like that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So he's, he's seen some Champions League finals and Euro finals and stuff like that. Yeah. Was that a trip for him to to go from the hundred dollar pay per view to going four a.m. to to Fox and Hounds and seeing like the raucous crowd already yeah. already? Ready? I mean, other than that, they would you know Channel Thirty Four Univision. They always had games on, so like if you knew where to find it, you could. But yeah, you couldn't find everything. But uh, yeah, I don't think he realized that there was like bars where you can just go watch soccer easily. And not, I mean, not that I did either. Like finding the LA Gooners back in '08 was a revelation because. You didn't know that there was other people around yeah. that would watch yeah. the same thing, and you'd be like, I, "I've heard you guys talk about those kind of stories too." And it's like, "Oh, hey, there's actually a group of Chelsea fans. There's a group of Man U fans." Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Like, you didn't. I didn't know. I don't even know. I remember when I stumbled across the LA Gunners Facebook page, and I was like, "Oh, Universal City Walk. I can go around there." And, yeah. yeah, and we have guys like know. like Jake from Chicago that have to find like fellow Cole. Cologne fans, and that's you know, and yeah. he finds them, so it's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. How, how about your brother? Is he, um, does he follow any MLS teams? Or, um, I only have taken in, I took him to the bank, so he's uh, he'll he'll when I call him, he lives in uh, Amsterdam. Oh, okay, so he's uh, yeah, he's been in Europe for at least probably 13 14 years. He was in wow. England, is he, so. is he an IX fan? Um, he is, he goes to IX games, but he he went to he used to live in London, so he was he was the one that got me into Arsenal, and uh, so he's been uh. Many Arsenal games. He also Sounds got like a Barcelona. great brother. Yeah. Great brother. <laughs> he also got a good sh- head yeah. on his shoulders and everything. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's he got he got me a. That's the second part of my soccer memories. He got me a Barcelona beanie in like. Ninety nine, two thousand. So I've been rocking them. That was what made me jump into Barcelona, 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 and then um just European football. Yeah, European yeah. football in general. Like he kind of. Not molded, you know. I mean, you can make your own choices, but it was like, like, <laughs> like it, you know, it was beautiful. So it was like, hey, those are the teams I want to follow anyway. So Arsenal legend, yeah. Arcelona. Arcelona. Yeah. Ars- I, I know if Arcelona. all my out there and my Barcelona's, you know, just stand up. We you know who you are, real, recognize real. Barnacles. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, he's definitely helped me. Uh, and he would bring me scarves, like 
my first scarf he brought me was Eintracht Frankfurt because he studied in Germany for a while. So he bought me that scarf. He's brought me probably at least 15 scarf, like Porto scarf. And I just have a scarf collection of places he's been or that I've been also, you know. Wow. So it's like, that's so he, sick. yeah, he helps definitely, you know, when we talk about, you know, even those on the other side of the country, that's one way to, other side of the world, it's like another, it's an easy way to get in contact or talk about things. Have you gone over to visit him? Yes. Since I've like in to, recent, in recent um, years? Not in the last seven. I haven't not been, when he's been in Amsterdam in the last six years, but. Mm. I did go to London. Unfortunately, it was off-season, so I couldn't go to a game. Um, but he took a sabbatical for a while, so he did go to Argentina in uh, 05. So I did visit him down in Buenos Aires and went to a Boca game. Boca, nice. Boca Newell Boys. So it was... Ooh, Newell. Was, yeah, it was, was, that it, was, was in an experience. Was it Buenos Aires at the Bombonera? It was at the Bombonera. So I've, yeah. I've been there, and that was an experience. That was my first... Uh, what kind of ruined me to support her sex... Like, it kind of really opened my eyes. I was like, wow, these, this is wild. I want to be in something like that. Mm. You know, so that kind of, that was 05. So that's, that kind of imprinted in my brain. Like, I want to be part of something like that, mm-hmm. which, you know, LAFC is on a smaller scale, just size-wise, but it's what, it's what I wanted. Do you remember what, what struck you kind of the hardest about you know, going to the Boca supporter section, like what was the noise? Was the kind of atmosphere? Like what? What about yeah, the atmosphere? The, the right, the noise, like, the yeah. passion. They, you know, they have a high gate to kind of you know keep the supporters in. And yeah, there's like 14 year old kid, some kid that like about 14. He was like climbing, climbing up 20 feet and just like chanting. And I was like, that I want. I wanted that vibe. I want that feeling. Oh, you know, and yeah. just that. And we were kind of above then. And it was just like, wow. And you know, I remember that morning. My brother's like, you know, I like. I'm, I was like a little, little punk rock. Scar reggae skinhead kid, you know, posts like that. So red is red and black are like my favorite colors to wear. So he was like, do not wear <laughs> black or red because that's Newell's colors. He is, I was like, it's also river plate colors. Yeah, and yeah, the river plate colors. And I was like, well, most of my suitcase is black t shirts. <laughs> so might have to go to the store. So yeah, that was an experience though. But yeah, I've been lucky to go to a few. I, w- I went to a classical also when I was in a wow. Barcelona, maybe. 2010 or so. It was like oh, a, wow. it was a Super Copa. It was the one where Mourinho poked uh, Tata Marino's eyes. I was at that game. Wow. I finally got lucky. You know, like, <laughs> I saw, I saw we were going to be there. I was like, hmm, we're going to be in town at this time. So we bought tickets here and yeah, it was lucky. But that that's, also, that's that was an experience. That's the yeah. good, that's the, it was beautiful. Like it was beautiful. Peak Barcelona era. Oh, going back to something we were talking about earlier. My dad, I took him to when Barcelona played a, uh, 2006 at the Coliseum. Mm. That was kind of my way to repay him. Like, hey, you, you got me into this sport. into footy and sport. And so I saw Barcelona was coming. And it was 06, so right when I was kind of getting into it more. And I was like, hey, Dad, I got tickets. Let's go. So he was, he'd never been to a game of that size, you know. Yeah. What is 90,000 people sitting there. So what are the other, you're a married man. What are, yes. what are all the other members of like your family think about, you know, you and your brother's football obsession? Did they... You know, um, are they complicit? Are they involved? Are they? I mean, not as involved, but you know, my taking my sister and her brother, her husband, to a game to LFC, and they loved it. Um, brother-in-law taking him and my nephew, so they mm-hmm. made them some LFC fans. So, yeah, it's cool. Like, they like it. I mean, yeah, they're not as involved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hard to be as involved as we are. Yeah, guys, yeah. Let's be I haven't asked you this in a while, Slim and Josh. What do you, what do you guys' parents think? Are they are they ever gonna come to games? think we're barely like 
we still skip family events because of like COVID scares. So probably not for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they ask the same questions. I'm sure a lot of, you know, family members and friends of ours ask us like, so you guys don't get paid? Like, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they're just kind of, they just kind of look at me and like kind of scoff like, yeah, all right, dude, do, do what you're going to do. They've given up on trying to guide my life. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would your parents come to a game? if, if Yeah, they... I mean, my new thing has been trying to take my dad because my mom wouldn't come to sports games. But like to the games that like we just could never afford or like, you know, had, had no time for in the past. And like, I remember my dad, um, a friend's dad took my dad and I and uh, my friend to a Yankee game together. We were in the nosebleed somewhere. And my dad literally got vertigo because we were so high up. And he was like, like pale face and all that. And so <laughs> I, I remember going back last summer and like being like, I'm going to sit field level at a Yankee game with my dad. Like this is something I can do now. And it was a really big deal. And we had a really great time. Um, my dad likes to clap. You know, we're church, we're church folk. And so I think the clapping he'd get along to, I think eventually he'd pick up some of the songs. Um, and then he'd, he'd have a great freaking time. He'd go all out. And then he'd say, that was fun. Like, I don't need to do that for a long, long time. <laughs> it's like, thanks for doing this thing for me. That was really for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Outside of the pure, like the purest intention of being like, oh, I want to see what like your, what's going on in your life. Like, I think it's, it'd be a lot for him. But at the same time, it's like, this is the game where he got me hooked too, the same way. Like he would wake me up for for when Korea was playing actually only. Mm-hmm. But um that was kind of part of it, right? He's like, I wanna I want you to experience this. And so for me, I think it's a beautiful full circle moment to be like, now yeah. let me help you experience like the in in person stuff. Well, the big thing is then you gotta take him to a Korean national team game. That's what that's, I'm that's saying. That's yeah. how you close that's the loop cool. all wow. the way. That's true. That's very, very true. And we'll uh maybe with uh with the the, the World Cup coming through on to the North American continent. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what we can do. I mean, they will be playing New Jersey, unfortunately, I'm sure. So, yeah. Who? Everybody. I don't know. Who. Everyone's going to play New Jersey. Everyone's going to play <laughs> New like, Jersey. They love that fucking Jersey. stadium. I hate that stadium. Yeah. Uh, so, when did LAFC come into the picture for you? How early on were you um, turned on to it? I bought my tickets on the last possible day you can buy it to become an original. Like, it was like, oh, nice. you have to buy it by... Was this because you were on, were you, like were you 20, on the fence? 15. Were you like, were you waiting on that no, date or it just lazy. happened? I'm kind to of turn a procrastinator. Uh, <laughs> have a bad rep for that. But yeah, some of my friends, uh, Alfredo, they they already bought it. You know, they're like, go on, get it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So when I called the guy, finally, I don't remember who my rep was, but he was like, do you know anyone else? And I said, oh yeah, these people, these people, you know, can I be by them? He's like, well, we're, we haven't done seats yet in the supporter section, but you'll be with them. So yeah, I waited. I remember. I was in Costco and I was like, all right, run the payment. Like, you know, it was like, the, I don't remember what the deposit was, $50 yeah, or yeah, 50. But I made it on the last, he was like, this is the last possible day to do the deposit. And I was like, all right, let's go. So, last day. Yeah, got so, in, slid in. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, you know, you didn't know what to expect. I didn't, I didn't go to, I was, I had a Sunday DJ gig during the lot six days. So I didn't experience mm-hmm. the lot six. The first time I got a taste of what the 3252 could be was the Dodgers game. Yeah. It was Santa Pavilion. I was there and, I was like, I want to come on this podcast. I'm going to mention that day because yeah. that was the day had, that I that, fell in love yeah. with 32. That was the day where I was like, okay, if we're going to be like this at a Dodger game, yes, it's going to be it's going to be something because it was like a Monday or Tuesday night, and this guy was like, 
It's only fucking TV. Like, <laughs> something like that, you know, some chant. That's such a like, good Sam yeah. chant right there. Why like, are you going so loud? No, I was brand new. I, yeah. I, I definitely wasn't me this time. It was probably Benny. Yeah, I don't know who. It, yeah, I don't know who it yeah, was, yeah. but it was like Benny and Chicky were yeah. in full of. I think yeah, that was Chicky's first time meeting everyone too, and like yeah, I'll never forget his ginormous. But fast ass, like starting the way. He's so fast. He's Bro, so big. He's he's a bowling ball. I don't remember how many people there was. Like maybe a hundred. I got there late. Like it was only because I was. I don't remember who I was following. I might have been following. I think I was following the Expos and Black Army at the time, and a few different IGs. And someone on one of the IGs was like, "We're gonna be in this section today. If you still want tickets?" So I checked StubHub and I was like, "Message my friend Alfredo." I was like, "Hey, they have like tickets for." Like, 15 bucks, let's, let's just go hang out with them and see what it's about. So we kind of crept up there like 7.30, a little late. I was like, oh, there they are, right there, you know. And Most fun you'll ever yeah, have at a it was, show. It was, it kind of, I was like, this is, if this is what it's going to be like, then we're going to be in good shape. So that was my first taste of 32.52. Yeah. So. And then what was like the process like when you tried to like kind of find out where where you were going to fit in, like which group you wanted to be a part of, um, sort of thing. It was, it was pretty organic because, you know, I was with friends that I, like, friends that I've known for 15 years. We kind of, we, we all had a season two. We got, I had mine and they had six. So we had, it was like seven of us. So it was um, that first game, you know, the first, well, we went to the Carson game first. That was, that was the first, I didn't go to Seattle. Yeah. So, um, fuck, I, uh, fuck Seattle. I, man. I regret that one. Now, in hindsight, at first, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anything about the away days, the process, and I wasn't that tied into it. So, we got tickets for Carson, and then that was when that was that takeover. That was one of the greatest experiences, even though the result wasn't what we wanted, but yeah. felt like we took over. You know, they weren't expecting it, and yeah, and we brought it. So, then we went to the first home match, and we printed up some T-shirts, just kind of with our, it's like a. Mayan's Aztec soccer image and we just were like let's just make some shirts just for that first day just to remember it then that day people started coming up to us hey where do we get the shirt and we're like what do you guys what group are you guys and we're like we're, we're just <laughs> we, we, we're don't, sure yeah, guys. we don't pay we don't pay we don't pay we don't pay we're like we didn't uh, well some of them yeah. but uh, we didn't we, you know, <laughs> we didn't uh, you know we didn't have a name so we were just like hey guys like some people want shirts like a, a bunch of people I told, just gave them my Instagram they're like hey I, I want that shirt I want that shirt so, yeah Gave them my Instagram, and then I was like, you know what, we should make a a group, you know, because we saw all the other groups. And so I was like, well, so we eventually came up with a two one three tribe. So that's uh, oh. that's right. yeah, that's also me. Um, oh, that was me. I mean, I'm still it's still two one three tribe till I die. Yeah, that's, that's like that's that's like that's like my family. So know, like, that's my family, but you know, um, eventually I wanted to go more official. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we did the two one three tribe, and that. You know, brainstorming and got that name. So that was the our original. Like you might, you might follow us and didn't realize it was also. Yeah. Me. But uh, I have the tattoo to prove it. Like, <laughs> hey, that, was, that yeah, that was just. I mean, that was our football. We've been playing pickup soccer for like the last twelve years. Over mm. you know, so that was like our logo for that. Where have you guys been playing? Uh, we mostly play in Southgate at goals. Okay. It's like a little. Yeah, that's where we did supporters center. cup yeah. there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, so yeah, we've been playing there for like. Yeah, last twelve years or so. Now was our logo. Dope. Just it, but we were Los Futbolistas. Just that was our group. But mm. in the Futbolistas, our pickup group, it's about 30, 40 people we have rotate out, but not, you know, a third of them are Galaxy fans and like a third are LAFC fans. So I couldn't I didn't want to use that name for LAFC. So that's why we chose two and three tribe instead mm. to add a respect to them. Use the same logo, but I was like, 
we'll just do a different name. Fuck but the respect yeah. to them. <laughs> hey, but, but the fact that you made yeah. t-shirts for your first event yeah, together it, as yeah, friends, like, it was, yeah, it was that's just, not common. Like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we were just like, let's just, let's just make them for just to memorialize that day. Yeah, no, I freaking love that. I wish you my know? friends were more yeah. about making t-shirts for like just group outings and stuff. <laughs> was that come from some kind of meet, like the music scene kind of before that? Um, I mean, I'm, uh, I want to, just that DIY yeah. rock at those, like, you know, even though I, don't look outwardly super punk rock. That's just kind of that's on purpose. With, you've been know. with me for so long. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, if you've been in the scene, like you have certain telltale, you're like, oh, you're wearing a Ben Sherman or Fred Perry. Oh, you have your shoes like that. You have a little pin on your jacket. So you know, there's yeah. little telltale signs of you can tell someone's been in, involved in something for a while. I know you guys had sway on, Jose, sway on, uh, you know, yeah. before. So like some of the same things I might say are. Things I heard in that episode, you know, mm. as well, like we kind of of kind of the the, pu- the punk yeah. skin, the pu- yeah, punk skin, the punk skin, skin head, scene. yeah, yeah. So Can like, you give us the, uh, just a rundown of the if you know, you know, telltale signs of this guy was in the scene before? I, I, I love mean, I like, you know, I like that. Adidas sambas or one of the sambas back then yeah, too. Wow. Yeah, I mean that was like the only shoe, I, tennis shoe. After I gave up on Chucks and Vans, it was like Adidas sambas. When you're in that ska punk skinhead scene, that was like the main, the main one back in. 96 to 2000 then people started branching out a little bit more like hey I'm gonna kick some gazelles you know but Samas are a telltale like even to this day I'll see people and I'm like either you're just some soccer guy or you're a soccer guy and you're also punk rock yeah 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 <laughs> you know like it's just so why do you think that's part of the uniform is it, I mean affordability is always at the it's uh, a lot of it I mean, but it's also know, like the, I mean, the skinhead scene suit. the skinhead scene was very tied into soccer especially in England like hooliganism so that's the samba. Yeah, samba was just wow. like the number one shoe here because it's easier to access. A lot of the in England, like it's not as it's not the same because there's a broader range of Adidas that are more easily easily accessible. There's so, more trainers. More trainers there. Yeah. Crep check, crep check. Yeah. So, but you know, in, in Hereford, in the 2000s, sambas was the easiest one to get. Mm. You know, then they brought out gazelles again. You know, re-released them, and you know, but yeah, sambas. Maybe some certain length on your jeans, some dickies. Oh know, my those, god, I love like this stuff. What, what length on the yeah, jeans yeah. are we talking about? What's the inseam that we're talking all, about? Like, you know, we always like fold up our jeans yes, a little bit. Let's like, go. You notice AC like rolls up his pants a little bit. You're like, oh yeah, I see. Heck damn. Yeah, like, you know, for some like, you know, so, yeah, your, your jacket. Like you might have a pin or two. You know, like maybe when you were younger, you had like 20 pins on there. Yeah. Now you have a respectful, Very tasty, tasty three or four. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Gear. on there. And yeah, Fred Perry is like, we're our shirt of choice. Ben Sherman. So this is a Ben Sherman, but yeah, like English brands. Reminds me of the, yeah. the AZN and ABG yeah. era we had of all the yeah. Nautica competition and yeah. <laughs> the Anoraks and yeah. Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah. What was Polo like out here? Did you guys have Polo low heads too? Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I think... It it was definitely bigger on the East Coast because um, who, who was it? Um, Dipset. Uh, who, who Dipset who, wore a lot like yeah. Bismarcky. Like he did a lot of um, yeah. Like I mean, the, it, the was, it was still big, but the the polo sport. Yeah, we we had polo sport. Tommy Hilfiger. Nautica competition was big. Nautica was big. Um, then you had like the bougie Asia stuff, like the the GV two, and I, I don't remember. But yeah, it, like those. Little things, and anytime you wore Cortez out here, you would get hit up. Right, um, just little that, little yeah. uniforms. You know, right now is there's a lot of like hats you can't wear in LA. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, 
It's always fun, the uniforms. Yeah. But the background on like some of the Fred Perry stuff is like, I mean, I know a lot of the hooligan culture, they, they just they couldn't get caught wearing team gear, yeah, so they wanted yeah. to dress up a little bit. Is there something similar to that? Or is there, I know there's a lot of workers' um, rights stuff involved with Fred Perry, yeah. right, in the past? Yeah, in the past, definitely. And then, um, yeah, I mean, skinheads, the Fred Perry was just since like 1969, that was just the shirt, of, I mean, one of the main shirts of choice, other mm. than Ben Sherman and other English brands like that have been passed down to skinhead culture, then the casual culture, the hooligan culture of taking that and expanded it. You know, there's more brands, like even, even Tommy Hilfiger is part one of the brands you could wear at Lacoste, yeah. you know, Lyle and Scott. So these are different brands, Akaskudum, Burberry, you know, different brands that have been incorporated into that. And Adidas, is, that's always like, not not only Adidas, but that's 80% of right, right, right. You know, it. But. And I, I love the fact of that because it's like the consumer is flipping the kind of the intentionality for, or the marketing of the yeah. product itself to be like, yeah, we know what the symbol means, but we'll put our own, we'll imbue our own meaning onto it. And that's important. And then you also mentioned like, yeah, you can't wear the, sometimes you don't wear the colors, you don't wear the kit of the team. It was like, well, you know, even to this day, like when you see a game on TV of English crowd, like. Just a not, bunch of stone. Not, not, not everyone has the jersey. Like, yeah, some people have your kit, but. I think it's probably, especially it the weather, like, you know, the like weather, cool, you're always like, drinking, yeah. you know, you have a jacket on. So like. Yeah, looks like Maybe, a cool majority you know, you is not. Yeah, in yeah, colors. but like I see at least uh -huh. half the fans just at least away the colors. Yeah, exactly, yeah. the way fans. So it's just they probably don't have an infatuation with colors something. like people yeah. do in America. We love wear, rocking our colors. Yeah. Just like you mean like team jerseys and colors and stuff. No, I'm just talking about Bloods and Cribs. Oh, okay, I see, I see, <laughs> I see where you're going. Colors, 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 colors. 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 Sam's always going colors, 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 colors. Well, that's uh, on that. I'm Dark progressive. Now? I don't see color. Oh, okay. On nice. that note, we'll take our first break. Redacted. redacted. <laughs> Daniel, edit point. Edit point. <laughs> canceled. We're canceled. Back here with FCFC Pod, here with Rastagarai. Gary out here, and I was gonna start off with a music question, but you know, we're still, I think we you got me a little bubbling on the sneaker stuff, man, and I want to get into it. I, yeah, I love, I love talking about sneakers, hell yeah, trainers, like we'll bring him back. <gasps> ID the IG with Rastagari. Oh, Spice is back with a segment, uh -oh, uh -oh. boys. He's this got his segment it. back. Uh -oh. And ID I realize I'm not. hold on, let me delete some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a, a, a brand kind of near, kind of dear to my heart. Is this is Rastagari. R A S T A G A R I on Instagrams, December 10th, 2020. The SL72 saw much anticipated by me <laughs> re released this year in a few colorways. I picked up this limited collab between Adidas and Noah, which featured some prime blue material, a fabric made from recycled ocean plastic to go with the ocean theme. There are seashells on the heel tab and tongue. Hashtag SL72 Noah. And so Noah, for our listeners who are who are the hypeds here, have uh, is run by, of course, the uh, Brendan Bembazine, who was the former creative director of Supreme, and he has you know deep deep contacts in that streetwear world. But now, I think you see a lot of more of the nautical themes that he grew up with. Now he's the creative director of J Crew, and so you see a lot of that stuff. But there is this kind of prime moment of where he partnered with Adidas there, Adidas to 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 bring back a silhouette 
with um, which a lot of only the 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 hype the hypest yeah. people get to bring back. One of my favorite silhouettes. Yeah, SL talk to us about yeah. the SL seventy twos as a as a um, as a crep, as yeah, a trainer. So they have SL seventy twos, SL seventy sixes, and SL eighties, which I'm wearing SL eighties right now. Um, so they're SL is for super light. Super so, light. Uh, you know they they used to be they used to be easy to find back in. I have I still have a pair of my SL seventy twos reggae kind of Jamaican inspired color ones from. 2007, 2008, and I found them like regular, like store. Like I don't remember where I found them, but it was regular not hard store. To find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, now it's like you got to order from England to find them. But yeah, they were brought out originally for the Olympics. They were super light, you know. So that's in the '72 Olympics, and they brought out the '76 version for the '76 Olympics, mm -hmm. and the '80 version is the most technically advanced version. Sure. So yeah, so the '72s I hadn't seen for a while, other than England's, but these. When he did this collab, they had it on the confirmed app, and I was like, "Yes, that's incredible." That. So what is the like confirmed app? It's uh, an Adidas app where they kind of have some more of the exclusives. The mm -hmm. they have the Adidas Bad Bunnies on there. Sometimes they'll have the Special drops on there. Carter. Oh, sorry, you, yeah. you, you're letting people know too. The much. bots already got to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's taken so down. They'll have that on there. So I got those through that confirmed app, and they 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 do like a whole backstory on it, like a lookbook on. Yeah, the they did like a Noah lookbook on you know with interviews and stories so it's like yes you can go to the Adidas page and click on it but you can get a full backstory like an entire hype piece about it so that's awesome yeah. man what was it what was it like for you to see like so many different um points of the culture collide into this one shoe in this collab like to see a shoe that a silhouette that you're very familiar with but also come together with maybe more of a streetwear lifestyle angle um approach to it yeah um i mean i, I think it's beautiful because then that's the same way they do with some of the special drops. They'll give a release video, make a little mini documentary, which yeah. you know you're not used to that sometimes. And if you're not following the streetwear, you know, so it's it's nice to see that getting the attention it should deserve. Yeah, stateside at least. And you're a man with uh, with with great kit ambitions as an Arsenal as a Barcelona fan here, but also we we just mentioned that your your brother uh, visited uh, goes to a lot of Ajax games. We have to talk about probably the most hype kid release of the year, which yeah. is the Ajax Three Little Birds yeah, kit yes. that was kind of taken off and on. Yeah, I, I didn't get the kit, um, but I did get the shoes that they released with the kit. That's they, awesome. they released the Sambas, and they're, they have the Three Little Birds on the back, the reggae stripe colors. So yeah, I picked up those at the Adidas outlet. That was uh, I was really I was really happy to see those. Oh man, when you get price. it at the outlet, it a, yeah, it was a good price. You know, I, if I saw them at the store, I'd pay full price for them. So seeing them without, I was like. And in my size, come on. <laughs> That's come on. The so, universe, yeah. the world is yeah, just chirping so, at you. I mean, I don't wear kits too much unless I'm playing, so I don't buy them regularly anymore. But I just, but yeah, the shoes, like, so yeah, I'll, yeah, the, those AX, Bob Marley, Thriller Birds, it's, that's near and dear to my heart. So pivoting yes. to the other thing that's near and dear to your heart. Pivot, pivot, pivot. As a collector who yes. brought over a bunch of 45s. Yes. Which, for those listening, are the smaller yeah. of the two main record sizes, thirty-three being the regular records. Um, I don't even own a forty-five, and uh, mm. this man popped over with two heaping full boxes full of them, which you said was an interest that kind of came out of COVID. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been collecting forty-fives for a while, but I definitely during COVID accelerated some things that you know some. Uh, more rare ones or especially some hip hop ones that I just was like, 
uh, might as well just throw down on this now. So yeah. help my, you know, it also helps my set out since I do DJ and vinyl still. That helps to not have to bring twelve inches. You know, I love twelve inches. Sounds a little bit better, and you know, it's easier to DJ when you're doing vinyl. But forty fives are much easier on the old man back. Well, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the DJ life, man. Yes. Like, when did when was the first time you DJ? Like, how'd you get into it? Um, um, accidentally, a friend had just invited me back in uh, 1998. Um, that was, was World purely, Cup year. Yeah, purely. Uh, oh yes, um, purely uh, reggae, ska, and the skinhead scene, like a club called uh, Rough and Tough in San Pedro at a bar called Leonardo's. Um, Is it still? Either those still think, here today? No. Um, the club, the guy still does clubs, but that not at there. Um, but yeah, I was 18, and he was like, "Hey, we're gonna DJ. We're gonna be called Sure Shot Sound System." Shout out to Nate, who had spearheaded that. Yeah. Gave me my first start, and Luis was from Steady Beat Records. He was the kind of the epicenter of the Los Angeles ska scene that helped blow up ska worldwide. You know, mm. or, you know, to the mainstream. It was kind of the LA uh, pinpoint there. And he started throwing shows probably in 93. I didn't get into it until 95. But um, so yeah, he gave us he gave us an opportunity to DJ. I never really thought about DJing or anything. Yeah. And I'm sure I was horrible during that yeah, that year or two run, but we did it and it was cool. And this then was I 90, kinda this was ninety eight. That was ninety eight, ninety eight, ninety nine. And then um kinda just after that was that little run was done. The scene kinda started dying down and I I myself kinda I grew my hair out. I wasn't skin in anymore. I kinda expanded my Horizons got more into dance hall and underground hip hop and mm. hardcore and even the emo scene. You know, just I've been through a lot of scenes. And yeah. Now I'm kind of the amalgamation of that, which is why my sets vary so much. If you see my, you know, my yeah. playlist on Spotify, you're like, oh, he has a punk rock play. Oh, he has this playlist. Oh, he has yeah, yeah, yeah. Kumbia playlist. Oh, he has a funk playlist. You know, just well, you're a music lover. You know, yeah. You, so, know, you grew into a music lover by so jumping kinda, around yeah, the scenes. Exactly. So I kind of expanded and. You know, and then uh, I went to UC Irvine, and uh, that was so. That was that was freshman year at UC Irvine when I was doing the that that first DJ stint, and I kind of hung my headphones up for a year or two. Were you Rastagari then? No, I was uh, that. I was just part of Sure Shot Sound System. We didn't have a. I didn't have a DJ name at that time. Okay. Then um, my first official DJ name was Londo the Selecta. So Ooh, that was Lando. Uh, Lando. I was involved with uh, Fresh Off the Beats where. The fobs, we called it. They hey. were fresh off the beats. Um, mostly, like, probably a half Filipino crew. You know, it was UC Irvine, so it's like underground hip-hop. That's half the Filipino. name. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, so uh, we were fresh off the beats. And, um, yeah, fresh off the beats. So we they were throwing parties and, you know, hip-hop parties. Uh, started throwing parties maybe one. We were doing campus campus things yeah. and stuff like that. I had I, was, I had another crew called Five Star. We, had, we did open mics and we... Did hip hop, uh, you know, spoken word, um, open mics and stuff like that. Yeah. And DJs and stuff. During that deaf comedy yeah. jam. Yeah, era. yeah, you know, it was during that era, and I, I used to do spoken word and that whole. Damn. Yeah. So, did yeah. you, were, were you yeah. when you were DJing though? When yeah. you were spinning at that time, were you also still just spinning um, vinyl, or were you? Yeah, I was, doing, I was doing vinyl, and then um, I didn't actually spin at that, you know, at the beginning of that until kind of towards the end of that career. Um, so I graduated in '02, but sometime in '01, you know, dance hall started popping off. Sean Paul and you know that yeah. that little lumity and that that rhythm that was kind of that blew up. Yeah, and they were like, "Hey, our next party, I think you can do like a twenty minute dance hall set because we know you have the records." And I was like, "I've never 
done a dance hall set before. Oh, and, those are the songs. You know, at, at, at a, especially too. you know, especially at a hip hop party. Like, I was like, I don't know if I'm at that level, guys. Like, you guys scratch and you know mix, and I'm just like, you know, with the old school reggae and ska, you're just it's more about selecting the record. You just you're put it on. You're like, I have this record. I have this record. Whereas at a hip hop party, you know, you have to be you have to take your level up and mix it right. Yeah. And I was like, I'll try. So I practiced for a month and put my little 20 dance hall records together and it was it was a time it was a smash yeah like it was it was it was a you know pu- you know at that time like you throw on Sean Paul in 2001 and <laughs> followed up with like Beanie Man and all that like pu- this was a they UCI? Were going cr- yeah UCI like it was a bunch of yeah. can't dance Asian girls trying to wind back but then. yeah they, they, you know, <laughs> just they, give me the light yeah. oh god you know we threw those on get busy and give me the light and it was just like fire you know and so yeah it was it was fun we did those for like a year so a year or two so i would always do like the little you know they you know it'd be like hip-hop set and then it'd be like all right i'm gonna come on now around midnight and just damn take that love up so it was fun yeah so i was londo the selecta mainly because um you know as a brown person some people, <laughs> some people didn't believe my name was gary uh. so it, was a, it was a friend's friend that you know i think he grew up in Paul's is londo that something. much more yeah. Latino than well, he was like Gary. <laughs> like he saw me walking from a distance, and he's like, "Hey, there's your friend, Gary." And then they're like, "He's like, what's Gary short for?" And, <laughs> and my friends, they they didn't tell me this story for like a year. They were like, "It's Gary." They're like, he's like, "No, no, like what's his real name?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Is it Garlando or something?" <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so then they started calling me Garlando behind my back as like a yeah. yeah they're like, "Oh, there's yeah. Garlando." So then one time they were like. You know, we were probably drunk or something. They're like, guess what? <laughs> he, he thought your name was Garlando. So we've been calling you Londo forever. And I was like, oh, that sounds like the perfect name. <laughs> Londo goes and fucking yeah, hard. So, the way, like, yeah. so it was Londo. And then Selector in Jamaica is like the person who selects the records. So I was Londo the Selector for like a few years. And I kind of probably thought I should go back to that. But, you know, I got stuck with Ross right? So here I Damn, am. Where are those Londo yeah. the Selectors so, so, pins yeah, so coming Lon- soon? Yeah. So Londo, Londo the Selector was my soon. first... That was my I'll first make official shirts. DJ name. So, well, yeah. Well, can you talk us through like you just talked about like kind of some of the 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 apprehension of when they said, "Hey, can you play dancehall for yeah. like twenty minutes?" Like, because like every motherfucker would taste right thinks they can, you know, pull, plug an aux cord yeah. in or like now set the Bluetooth and just let it rock. Yeah. But I mean, back yeah. in the day, what what was that jump into like being like, "Yo, for I'm gonna do this in front of people, for people yeah. to enjoy this." Like, what's uh, what's was, that uh, mindset? I was ner- I definitely was nervous, but um, it was like a, let me practice. And my friends were there, like you know, core group of people, and then you know, like I was rooming with two DJs at the time, so I was like, "Let me lose your turntables, show me some basics, and let me you know." The thing about dance on reggae in general is a lot of the rhythms match up. So it, mm. if you know them, it's it's easier. So it was like, all right, I'm going to go from this song to this song and matching that. So I know technically it's still not the best technical DJ, but my strength has always been song selection and putting myself on the dance floor mentally and saying, what would I want to hear next if I was dancing on the dance floor? Mm. What do the people that are partying want to hear? So that's my yeah. strength. So I, I never focus more. I should, probably should focus on technical, but you know, yeah. it, it definitely was a nerve wracking experience at first. And I remember being nervous and, but Bringing yeah, it yeah, back to fun. like the early days, I mean, what was being played in your house? Like, what was kind growing, of the, growing yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. What oh, was um, the music taste that you grew up with? Well, uh, my family. Let's see. So, you know, Belizean. You're gonna have your reggae. You know, Bob Marley. Like, 
that's one that that's in the mail. Making it comes to you, you know, you're just like you listen to it growing up. So yeah. that's one. Um, when we went to family parties, we heard some dance hall like that song "Murder She Wrote." That song was like before it came on like "Save the Last Dance" or whatever. I'm like. I've been listening to that at parties for like the last 10 years, you know? <laughs> By the way, among like um, I, I got yeah. I gotta interrupt, but among uh, Rastagaray's uh, playlist on Spotify, which you should look <laughs> up, is the Belizean barbecue playlist. And we were bumping that beforehand. Yeah, highly wrecked, highly wrecked. Fam- yeah, that's a family favorite. Um, so that's a lot of family favorites on there. Like a lot of soca, you know, soca is like a Caribbean music related, you know, um, re- like a grandson of Calypso, which is also a, that. So we will listen to soca. Reggae. Um, my parents also. Country is big in the Caribbean for there's hmm. random reasons. So like there's a cowboy connection there in Jamaica as well. Like interesting. There's some country there. Um, she so things like that. You know, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> so I do. I mean, I have five. I've inherited some records from my parents, like Blondie, or you know, they also listen to stuff when they grew up here in the 70s they were into disco and stuff like that also when they were here but nice so the amalgamation so you had somewhat yeah like somewhat of a kind of diverse palette musically yeah Yeah. so by the time you were ready to start branching out of the ska you know world that was easy because oh yeah i already like and when i got into old jamaican ska my would be listening to songs and my mom would be like oh i remember the song from when i was a kid your grandfather used to have that record you know so not every song, but there was a few where she was like, oh, yeah, we, we heard that when I was a kid. So that was like a kind of come in 360 full circle moment, hearing That's some dope. old stuff. So, I mean, unfortunately, they didn't really keep, my grandfather didn't keep, you know, the records or right. somewhere banished. But I do have some of my parents' old reggae records, some of my aunt's reggae records, James Brown records that I inherited from her. And she's like, hey, come through, look at my collection. I even like records. And, you know, I didn't take everything, but there was a few. I was like, oh, I'll take that you know, my DJ, some of them. So, I mean, I don't know how they measure this and I don't know like who's crunching these numbers, but apparently, you know, for the first time ever, people listen to more old music than new music. Hmm. Like this just happened recently. Hmm. That Like that threshold got crossed where I don't know what they determine as old. I'm guessing it's at least 10 years. Probably 20, probably Snoop Dogg and everything. Yeah, grew 10, up or, 10 or 20 years I, old. I think they, they, well, I would think usually the oldie stations are playing stuff that's about 15, 20 years older, right? Mm. I know that because like, yeah, I'll go to the oldie station. They're playing all the music that I remember from yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, my mom, it was, we used yeah. to listen to a lot of oldies in the car back in the 80s. So that was like the 60s, 50s and 60s music, you know? And so I grew up a lot, a lot of oldies, soul and Motown and stuff like that. And so that was another thing that kind of influenced me. me. Sad. Well, so yeah, old, now when you says, listen to it, it's like Yeah, 90s. they play our music on the oldies. <laughs> so the old songs now represent 70% of the U.S. music market. Wow. Um, so like as we're, ta- you know, we're talking about all these old tracks and like Gary's going through his own musical journey, like learning about all this stuff. I mean, like I find more and more the years pass, I want to listen to old music too. And I find you there's just so much. Yeah. Oh, there's so, so much. much. I mean, yeah. you spit out like four or five genres right now that, you know, you could probably dive into and find uh, yeah. enough music and enough like cool shit to fix it on for the next year and a half. Yeah, you easily. Know? And you know, I'm like one of those people that if you're talking to someone, I, I like to find common ground with most people on music. Like, you can talk about something. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, oh I like that part, and you know. And then if I don't, then I'll, if it's something that sounds interesting to me, I'll check it out. I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of want to check out 
check that out and learn about it, you know, and just expand my horizons. But yeah, I think that's one of yeah, music is definitely a key part of my life. I yeah. guess. I think I think part of the reason why might also be because it takes about the same amount of effort for you to dig for old music as it does for you to dig to find and keep up with all this new music too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, the music industry is just kind of weird right now. It's just hard to. I don't know when the next like music superstar is going to come about. You know what I mean? Through TikTok. Mm. That's what that's what the but that's not, what my people in the music industry superstars. No, but that's how you find them and then you build them and yeah, yeah. I don't we'll, know. Maybe we'll the old recipe works. Maybe it doesn't. But I'm curious to know, like in these kind of couple decades since you started DJing and like, you know, you, the fact that you still DJ, right? Like you still love, yeah. you know, you yeah. still love it. Um, what's changed? Like what's changed in how you when you step up and you're going to play some songs for some people, like. Is it sort of still using that same muscles it always has, or do you you try to kind of like do something different than you did before? I mean, in the sense, I do try to add some new songs, you know, like keep it a little current. But I do have my old throwbacks, and my I think my I think my sets cater to people that are probably twenty seven to forty five, sixty or <laughs> to fifty. They're like my. Yeah, I think if you're young, if you're like 22, you might not know all the songs. You're not playing any 18 and up clubs. You know, like if you're you're a little young, you might, unless your parents have your like. You hear that, Fern? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like if you come to, if you come out and you're like, oh, you don't know G thing? Damn. You might not, you you might not be down for my set. You know, things like that. She's too young for you, bro. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't know G thing, just don't, don't talk to me. Yeah. What about DJs that you, that you like admire and, and. Do you still love to listen to maybe their curated yeah. sets, their playlists, their things? I mean, you online. know, a lot of the DJs that I admired that were final DJs eventually went digital. You know, so that was, you know, some of your vinyl heroes like DJ Shadow. I remember when he went digital, it's like, oh wow, this is the next trend, and it did become, you know, and it definitely helps. And I, I've been thinking about going digital partly, but vinyl is still my core. Mm-hmm. You know, part of it was. I never had a nice laptop, so I was like, eh, I'm going to save vinyl. So, yeah. But, you know, I can see, you know, sometimes I'll do a party and I just do, like, iPad because it's some stuff I don't have. Like, yeah. some new stuff is just isn't on vinyl. You yeah. know, it just sure. can't get some of it on vinyl. But um, As someone who's never had a nice record player or any record player for that reason, like, what what's the draw of, of vinyl to that, that keeps you pulling from there, from quality-wise, like a nostalgic thing? What percentage of nostalgia is, is in there? Like... For you, what, what's that like? I mean, definitely nostalgia. I mean, you know, one of my biggest things is vintage Jamaica songs and a lot of that stuff. If you would, if you pull up to a vintage Jamaican club with digital, you will be probably laughed out of the club. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like it's about Shout it down. having it's about having the OG records, and so that's part of it, you know. And just, I guess I just build up a collection where I'm like, no, I want to play my collection because I have it, you know, and um. It does have a warm sound. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not like an audiophile, so I don't say, "Oh no, it's this present better." Mm-hmm. But you know, I think it's when you're listening to vinyl and you you have you pull out that record, you you know, you look at it, you you're in the moment with that record instead of just. I mean, I do I do Spotify all the time. You know, I'm a big Spotify person as well because I can't always, especially having family and kids. Like I don't get to my records as much. I would love to, but um, there is that being in the moment and being present with it that kind of makes vinyl special in that sense. And, you know, we've seen a vinyl resurgence the last 
right. five years and you know vinyl is bigger than it was. Like there was a time in mid two thousands where a lot of record stores closed down, you know, and so now, but now more sprouting up than the last five years than I can remember. Yeah, being around in the original run. So there's something that speaking to even the younger generation, like they want to buy. Does a it draw? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. Do you have a record player now? No, I still don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, to to his point, I'll yeah. paint the picture for you. At least how it, how I experience it. I was uh, it's the I, loudest I, drinking water I've ever heard in my life. So. <laughs> I found a release of a Charlie Parker record. Charlie Parker was a very seminal saxophonist from Kansas City mm-hmm. who like sort of changed jazz. I'm still even like learning and trying to understand in which ways he did. But for a lot of people, they say, you know, you can... Miles Davis once said, you can explain jazz in four words. Louis Armstrong, Charlie Parker. Mm. And so I bought this record, this huge uh, four-disc record of Charlie Parker, and it's just called Bird in L.A. Mm. And it's the songs he recorded in Los Angeles during a specific, you know, the very few times... Not very few, but, you know, he spent the majority of his time in New York not in the in Kansas City and New York. He just recorded these some sets while he was here and they put them all on these like two records and yeah. they have this whole booklet about it and I'm and I made it an event for two weekends to sit down with two of the records yeah. and just like read and listen and like be there with the music. So when he says like being present with it like if I have those songs on Spotify I'm not even sure if they have them. Yeah, that was, I was just going to say like, that might be I an example you that's like a set that probably is not on Spotify. I see. I, you know, see, and there's, I, see. I, know, I know there's things that I own that are, I'll, I'll be like, oh, I want to listen to it in the car. And I'm like, oh, it's... No streaming service. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's not on here just for some of those. They might have gone out of business or yeah. that label's not around or they just haven't... Yeah, and, the, and I know you can find Charlie Parker on Spotify, but probably not that. Those recordings. That, those yeah. recordings. And that's, what make it, that, that's one thing that makes it special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you, I like sit down with it and I'm, you know, yeah. I, I get to be with the music and I think if you've ever really like loved music and you can clear things away, just like going to see a show and you get to watch the artist on stage, it's, it's kind of like the next closest thing to watching an artist on stage is like being that close to the music. Mm. So I think that's part of the appeal. And like he said, the warmth sound, I don't think it's always sounds quote unquote better, but certain types of music might sound better than they would on Spotify and your fucking Sonos speaker or whatever. But you I know. love my Sonos speaker. I love my Sonos speakers too. But it sounds different when I play it on my on the record player. It's, so, it's, for you too, is it just fuck CDs? Like CDs are the worst thing well, that happens? CDs they say are like the best. Yeah. Isn't yeah. I mean, it? And I, a lot I, of people have, say like CDs, like the actual quality the of quality the is, is the, actually the best, yeah. isn't it? I mean, or like I still some have, audio yeah, files. better than MP, MP3s or the quality is the lowest. Yeah. Low, you Unless know, you get that flack. You know, but um, I still have a lot. I, I had a lot of CDs and part of me wishes that I had the foresight to buy some of those albums I have on CD on vinyl back 20 years ago because mm. they're probably worth more now. But so I still have CD booklets, but I barely listen to see Like, they just sit in the booklets just because I feel like weird getting rid of them. And I probably threw away the cases Yeah, by now, but I still have a lot of CDs. But yeah, it's mainly either vinyl or Spotify now. And I think, I don't know, you just got to ask yourself, like, what kind of experience do you want listening to music? Right? Like, and... We are in the era of abundance of music, of availability of music. It's everywhere all the time. It's like, well, what, how do you want to experience it? It's the same as like, how do you want to eat? You know, do you want to only eat at like these sorts of restaurants? Do you only want things that you're going to be able to deliver? Like, do you only want the convenience factor? Or are you mm-hmm. willing to like go, you know, and have this, this type of meal or, you know, 
I don't know. I think it, it depends on like what you want. And I think it, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just what people prefer. But yeah, you know, there's options out there and there's different types of ways you can go about it. I, I don't, I mean, I would never look down on someone that's like, says they don't like vinyl or, you know, I'm more about the music. I just love talking about music with people and discovering new music. So that's my sense. I'm not like a vinyl snob in that sense. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, that naturally leads to we should we should mention the Black and Gold Vinyl Club a little bit. Do you want to talk a little bit what about the, the origins? What, what, what <laughs> Do you want to talk about a little bit about the origins about that? Oh, sure. Um, so it's three people that run it. Myself, um, Willie from the Empire Boys, and uh, Jose Solibre from the Expos. The Soul Drum. Soul Drum. Yeah, Soul Drum. That you might know him. So um, kind of just throwing around the idea for probably almost a year with Jose before we even started it just like yeah we should start a club we should start a vinyl club yeah yeah yeah, that'd be cool you know and just back and forth and then during the beginning of the quarantine i started after a month or two in the the great quarantine of uh, (laughs) the first part of the quarantine 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 1.0 you know you know i started a i started an instagram called social distance social distancing vinyl club because <laughs> I, I started posting, I would, you know, I, I was just sitting at home, so I was posting a lot of records because I was teaching uh, remotely and was getting out early, so I, I had more time to just post final. So I was like, oh, this is kind of getting annoying for people, probably. I should just do an account just vinyl. So I started that social distancing vinyl club. Then I was like, why don't we just really start the black and gold one? You know, so I messaged Jose and or, and Willie, and I was like, would you guys be down to be the co-admins kind of thing. I didn't want to handle it myself. Um, so finally, one day, I think around July, I was like, all right. We were a few months deep into it. I was like, let's, let's really, let me make an IG account for real. You know, so, and we threw around some names. Can't even remember the reject names. And then I think we just set it on Black and Gold Vinyl Club. And, um, you know, the, the, the bicycle, you know, the bicycle, Heart of Gold, Heart of LA, Bicycling club and yeah. running club. Those are definitely like in my mind. I was like, well, if they have these clubs for this. Like, and I, I was part of the biking club and I met up with There's them. There's a film stuff. club. Chef film Kevin. club I'm part of. Yeah, film club I'm part of also. And, you know, it was like, let's just do our, let's just do our thing. And I was like, we, maybe we'll get like 50 members, you know, and just do our thing. And hopefully people will post and tag us and post our vinyl. So that's all that's we are. Sick. I mean, you know, like people are like, how do you become a member? I'm like, do you follow us? Yes, you're a member. <laughs> Do you have you ever tagged us in vinyl or interact with one of my posts? You know, sometimes I'll just post a question like, "What's your rainy day song?" or "What's you know?" Or, yeah, yeah. And then I'll post. We'll post like a match day jam. So when's a match day? Like, tag us in your songs. What are you listening to? Match day. Um, tag what, us song. What is your match day jam right now? Um, well, other than do, do it for LA, do it for LA, do it for LA is. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I press it on uh, press it on vinyl, guys. Press it on vinyl for us. <laughs> At least one copy for us. Oh, that'd be sick. So, um, you know, that's that's like that's the number one. But I feel like I'm killing it already. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I won't post do it for LA on a on a post for like two days. You know, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to post it <laughs> Did every you day. Love the song yeah. right away when you heard it. Yeah, when I heard that, I mean that that horn yeah, got that caught horn. me right away. I was like, ooh, that's nice. The horn goes so hard. Yeah. You know, and, and that was when and the bass you know, drops. You're like, all right, this is yeah. this is LA. Yeah, and like you know, we have our black and gold vinyl club, but just the three of us have like our little WhatsApp, just to like. Mm-hmm. you know be in contact with each other <coughs> the first thing was like that trumpet we were all like oh mm-hmm. that yeah. and you know and shout out to sticks you know he did his thing but 
when I checked the Spotify streams, like I was like, oh, this song's gonna reach like half a million in two or three weeks, and it's pretty much there already. And so you can see that that potential is that's hot. But um, I mean, we always focus our match day gems on either kind of um, or I like to focus on like maybe the team we're playing. I look up a song from that city. I'm like, oh, we're playing. Uh, Nice. We're playing Miami, so let me drop some Miami bass, you know, kind of thing, or mm. an artist from that area, or just also. also you didn't drop some pitbull. <laughs> no, I did. I mean, me and a Fernando, the you know, Tifo God, um, we both Tifo dropped. God. Uh, we Tifo both God. we both tagged uh, "I Want to Rock" by Luke because I was like, well, this is a not too nasty Miami bass song. So <laughs> yeah. we both had the same song. He's like, oh, I didn't realize you posted. I was like, oh, that's even better. We were on the same wavelength. So I that's love when sick. that stuff like that happens, and um. Yeah, so more songs that involve the word black or like when uh, one fall scored, I think I posted The Harder They Come, The Harder They Fall by Jimmy mm-hmm. Cliff because I was like, play on words. Yeah, when, yeah, uh, yeah. when Bradley Wright Phillips was a comeback player of the year, I was like, ooh, Elo uh Mama Said Knock You Out, Don't Call It a Comeback. Like, mm. you know, I'll post something that kind of makes sense to me and yeah. do a hashtag, things like that. But yeah, so yeah, we started the Black and Gold Vinyl Club uh, sometime in June in the pandemic. I don't know if we would have started if we didn't go through that. I'm not sure because, mm. you know, we just had more time at home and or at least I did. Yeah. yeah. We always talk about how crazy it is, how many clubs popped up during that time. Yeah. The, the vinyl club, the gaming club, who still um, is in, what's that game where the cars are playing soccer? Rocket League. Still Rocket League's going yeah. on right now. Um, shout out our boy Julian still holding down in the Rocket League. Is he good now or is he still fucking horrible? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, he's still representing us. I'm uh, bad, Julian. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you can't badmouth my man Julian out here. I mean, he's out here. He's hey, doing his best. Yeah. Yeah, he just did an art show. Oh, uh, yeah. Congrats on the art show, Congratulations, Julian. And he's fucking running in the... All right, so I'm the asshole. My bad, yeah. guys. All right. God, Julian, you you're awesome. You know, he has an awesome cat. Yeah, I'm yeah, that. I'm other jets. <laughs> but I mean, definitely those. We know those clubs were in our. All those black and gold clubs were like, oh, let's let's. This is what we like. You know, we had a vinyl bond, and we're like, yeah. we can't be the only ones. And I'm sure there's whatever amount of followers we have. I'm sure there's three times the amount of people in the stadium that like vinyl just might not know of us. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I guess we're kind of 3252 North End centric, just because all three of us are members of that. But we have members from other parts of. South End and things like that, but um, it's cool because I've, I've there's some people I've met through the Vinyl Club that you know I interact, kind of take the lead on the social media. So like I'm interacting with people, and then so I've met people that have DJed with us. You know, had an event a few months ago. We're having our first official event. Well, it'll, it'll be this Friday, but um, so it'll be after this taping is out. Yeah. But um, if you come out, thank you so much. Hey, that's <laughs> if you listen to this in the future, but um, well. I mean, tell them tell them what it's like anyways, even though, yeah. like, um, what's the event? So they, They're not going to yeah, know to come, but yeah. we'll know what it's yeah. about. So it's, uh, we're having the first two hours are going to be um, open tables for any of our members that, well, wow. I, I, put out, I put out a little, who would little be down for open tables? And, you know, we had a few responses. So I was like, one person was like, I've never DJed before. I'm like, it's perfect. This is your time. Like, That's come sick. out from eight to 10, bring your records. Like, we'll show you how, what to do, like. Just throw it on just to kind of build a community vibe. I was I thought it would be a good community. That's a great time. idea. Where is it at? Um, at uh, Blipsy Barcade in Koreatown. Oh, Over, uh, right across from the futuristic KFC. Yeah, man. So yeah. Oh, okay. So we'll do that. Um, and then I have one friend coming out to Ven Records just to set up a little record selling booth. And he'll sell anyone who wants to buy records. They can do it that dope. night. Um, probably raffle off uh, of some pins from Dan Smith that he did some pins. 
and raffle off. Uh, we did we did a few slip mats, um, so I'm gonna raffle yeah. off that. Yeah. We have our first T-shirt coming out. It should be in Friday morning, hopefully. So, yeah. So we're gonna do that, and then then the three of us will DJ and. Yeah, it'll be our. And it's gonna pop event. off. You can pop. It's gonna pop off, and then you can expect more events coming soon. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully we'll. Oh, start. Yeah. early clubs need to step it up, yeah. yo. No, Bring your goddamn yeah. record collection. Yeah, that's inspiring. Like straight up, like I was thinking the other day, because like now tailgates, more people are coming yeah. out. I'm seeing a lot more of the people who started these clubs, yeah. and even for us as FCFC, like we were going live three times a week, right? Like that was the thing, like with all dickhead yeah. hour yeah. and oh, and that was tea some time. Of the best times. Like, I mean, that's when I first. Yeah, interact with you guys. Yeah, more, you know, and it became it became such a, such a good such a good bond. I I, I maybe we can do. Um, I love that you're doing doing uh, the vinyl club in, live and in action, man. I hope maybe we can do something together with even like renting a theater out. Like collab, I just met, collab, my, collab collab. Yeah, last collab, last collab, week's collab, rec collab. for me was um, um, the Michelle Yeoh movie coming out. Everything everywhere all at once. Like like I'll put a down payment down to, to rent the AMC for like. Fucking Saturday, like two o'clock. That's all I can afford. But like, we like, what if we just all fucking met there, like film club people, right? We have Vana club showing people the taping of you guys. Uh, there you go, bro. Why, why the hell not? Humans yeah. want things to do with Yeah, anybody yeah. in the Run Club and Bike Club have to fucking run, run and bite their and ass over yeah. themselves. <laughs> and if you're in all three or four of those clubs, you can have it. Dude, you can have a club time. athlon. You can, you can just I know. do club signups and shit. You just start with a game in the morning. You know what I'm saying? And you just get, okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Slim's looking at me like, Damn, no, I love it. I love it. That sounds amazing. I'll bike up with a little box of 45s. Yeah, I, I won't do anything where we actually have to like move distances, but like I'll hand Come you to a movie. I'll you, yeah, Come hear some movie. music. Hell yeah. Milk duds, baby. And on that note, we're going to take our second break and be back with some tea time with we. Yes, we are. Milk duds. Duds, duds, duds. We back. Rastagaray. Tea, tea, time. Time. tea time with Dweez. Tonight we're having a little of the old Yelaysian, the night jasmine fragrance from Eman. Wow. I was going to say, is this from Eman? Like, yeah, you know <laughs> what it is. So, tea Habitat. So. You already know. Tea Habitat. It's that yeah. Phoenix Oolong. Can't believe it. As that. per usual. Mm. It's a dream to be here. Oh well, I'm so I'm so glad, man. We we got you, and we've talked about having you on. Teachers, I, I we talked. Uh, we got the metal cups during the last game, and we were like, "Dude, let's do it." And I was just like, "Why don't we just do it now?" Sorry, you know? I had parent conferences. Parent conference week is. I'm usually mentally drained, dude. So, like, fuck them kids. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Don't the youth is our future. <laughs> teach well, the youth. Teach the youth. Well, what I yeah. find like listening to you, you know, you're about to run this this event you're gonna have people bring their vinyl spin and i feel like you have like a a teaching side inside of you you want to show people how to do things you want to like let them you know learn maybe a little bit the way the way you've learned and you're so open to exploring music and things like that um have did you always want to be a teacher uh no um as a kid i wanted to be a lawyer that dream died because you know you're an immigrant kid, you gotta like strive to do something big. Yeah. But my brother filled that void and became the lawyer. So then it You good. Lessen the pressure. <laughs> lessen the pressure down. So I was actually a psych and social behavior major. I was like a just like sociology and studying people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So 
I thought I was going to be a psychologist until I started doing like helping out with experiments with a professor. And then I realized I don't want to do this for the rest of my life because we were just doing experiments on like children's emotions and like if they're seeing a traumatic event. And we just ran that experiment with like 50 different kids. And I was yeah. like, you know what? And she's going to write an article. And I was like, how was a year of your life? And I was like, at Academia World was, I was like, I don't, I didn't see myself in there anymore. And mm. then part of the major was you had to volunteer and there was different actions you can volunteer with. So then girl, boys and girls club was one of those things. So I was like, ah, oh, that sounds cool. So I volunteered there and helped out with tutoring. And I was like, I kind of like, you know, like kids would be like, Hey, tutor, teacher, you know, talk. And then, kind of liked it and I was like I can do this so then mm. did it and then after I graduated I became a sub just to see if I wanted to do it took a year off and then I was like I could do this and then applied to grad school at uh, UCLA and then went did that became a teacher nice. so yeah but it wasn't I wasn't one of those people that you know I taught with I teach with people that you know they went they needed one they wanted to be a teacher from a young yeah. age and I can't say that was me but I think I do a great job and it's I think I'm in my 18th year of teaching now wow so, yeah, started, what, so what do you teach I started when I was uh, 24 or so wow or 23 23, 24 so uh-huh. um, I, I elementary school teacher this year I'm teaching third grade third grade I usually do like slightly old like third fourth or fifth grade in my my zones I don't I'm not very good with uh, the little little ones mm. yeah. so I was a teaching assistant in kindergarten and second grade at St. Michael's for I can't believe you're a Sam Michael. You could have been my teacher assistant. <laughs> I mean, not, no, you know, but like, you know, no, no, I mean, yeah, no like, I I'm, I'm definitely older than you, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's cool that you, if I could have had a Dewey's type person at the TA. Yeah, it's fun, man. Yeah. I mean, it's fun when you don't have the pressure of actually like being responsible for what kids yeah. learn. I mean, it is, it is a trip sometimes that, especially when I was 24 and still, I was, when I started teaching, I was still DJing on th- every Thursday night and <laughs> Fridays were tough. Fridays were tough. And yet these te- parents were like totally trusting me and yeah. asking me parenting tips. And I was like, well, I was hung over. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> you know, that was, that was, old, that was old Gary. Hips, yeah. girl. <laughs> that was, that was, the, that was the old uh, Gary. But um, yeah, parent, you know, like, especially during parent, con- like those first few years of parent conferences, I was like, I'm younger than you. Like, you know, you see yeah. the parent. I was like, oh, you're like a few years older than me. And right, right, they entrust, right. you know, they entrust you with your, their children. And you're just like helping <coughs> shape them, become young scholars and young, young learners. And it's like, you, you know, you don't see yourself in that position, you know, because do I even make the best choices in my own life? You know, but yeah. then you're helping this next generation and teach them. And I've definitely grown into the job. And yeah, it's, you know, it's been, yeah. 18 years and I feel like the last few years other than the COVID, you know, have been really solid years. Yeah. You know, and I almost gave it up in like oh, about six, seven years ago when I was at my previous school, switched schools. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't be teaching anymore. Maybe I should, maybe I'm getting burnt out. You know, there's yeah. burnout factor teaching in <clears throat> South LA is it's high. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's rough, you know, it's draining. The educational system is, you know, it's not even the students. It's, the outside stuff, the adults you have to deal with, the paperwork, mm-hmm. all that other stuff is just urban education is a whole another thing. So, so yeah, uh, it's draining. I think that teaching, having taught like with a lowercase t, like <laughs> like I, I don't think I've taught 
anything really to anyone. Uh, you probably, but I've entertained people. But you know, just I've, being there, you you influenced and helped out, though. Entertained them, you know. Yeah. That's what I like to say. But uh, yeah, I think teaching, like standing up in front of a classroom, is very easy to do. Anyone can do it. You give them a lesson plan, whatever. But like to actually be a good teacher, I think is extraordinarily hard. And it's so, uh, you know, I was a librarian for a year um, at an elementary school on the west side, the same one that my parents went to school at, uh, St. Paul the Apostle School. Oh. And uh, right there on Ohio, like near, kind of right, right by UCLA. And, you know, not throwing any shade at St. Paul the Apostle School. Uh, they're great people over there. But it was so wild to watch all the different classes, you know, K through K through eight come in there to, you know, two different teachers for each one and just like notice how hard it was to teach and how hard it was to be a teacher and like facilitate kids learning, you know? And there was like one of the teachers in particular, I thought was just like so much better at like letting her kids be kids. And mm-hmm. then like, I could tell that they had more respect for her. And towards the end of the year, I, like, reached out to her and I just told her, like, I don't know, like, how often you hear this, but I just think, like, you're an unbelievable teacher and you're doing, like, a phenomenal job or whatever. And she was just, like, so shocked because she had been doing it for so many years and, like, just didn't – she seemed like – it was just, like, her zone. And I don't know. You remind me of her a lot. And, like, being around is, like, damn, I bet, like, having Gary as a teacher is fucking amazing because you seem like you're the type of person who can facilitate – and be there for someone's growth when, like, so much about, at least the American culture I grew up in is about, like, showing people how to do things. Let me show you. Let me show you. Like, I'm not here to let you learn. I'm here to, like, teach you, right? Like, teach as an active verb. But I don't know. I just have a lot of respect for fucking teachers. And I I, I think I've definitely grown into that role. Like, I know the teacher I was 15 years ago is different than I am now. Like, I'm way now more about making connections with the students and, doing circle time and restorative justice practices and wow. that sense. And like every Monday morning, we just check in for the first hour. It's like, what'd you do this weekend? What'd you mm-hmm. like, what's going on? Like sometimes, usually it's positive. Sometimes it's sad stuff, you know, but they feel comfortable enough at this point in the year just to, you know, say, oh, someone passed away or this happened. Or, and it's like, we just talk about it and, you know, like learning that trust. And I think that helps out even with the behavior, you know, just because I, I know them more on a, emotional, social, emotional level that I know I didn't do this before in my career, you know, but the last, I don't know, six, seven years I've been into that mold and it helps. I, I know it helps because we have a good relationship with the students and, you know, then it helps me bring in also social justice issues and stuff like that. I mean, I'm only doing third grade, but just exposing them to women's rights, exposing them to a lot of multicultural stuff and worker stuff and indigenous points of view from history like mm-hmm. just trying to make sure that I'm doing that and intentional about what I'm teaching them and meeting them on that community level I feel like I know it's something I've grown into and I know and not as focused yes we do our testing and get that stuff done and you know but I always say like you're gonna have a great year you're gonna this might be your best year that you've had so far you're gonna learn a lot but we're also gonna just know each other better and I think it it helps out Build a good classroom community, and then in the turn point, then some, the principal will be like, "Oh man, that kid last year was in the office a lot, and I don't see them in the office that much. They were in so many fights and stuff last year, and I don't see them as much." And I'm Wild. like, "You know, it's just, I get the, I guess, I guess have 
just that connection I make with students sometimes that the quote unquote trouble kid comes into my class and they're sort of like, people are like, oh, they're not as bad or whatever, you know, and I guess they kind of identify with me sometimes. <laughs> we need and, more DJs in our school system. And then eventually they'll be like, oh, we need someone to DJ the Halloween dance. And I'll be like, oh, I can do it. And now they know. And so eventually the kid's like, you DJ? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then my bus had a break Instant dance crack. move or two. And they're like, you can break dance? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's another part of me. I'm not, I'm not only a teacher, but yeah. you know, they see you as this teacher person. I'm like, oh yeah, I also do this. And then one of them will wear, uh, you know, once in a while I have a kid wear an LAFC jersey. I'm like, oh, you were, you like LAFC. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh yeah. So they're like, oh, I, and I'll be like, oh, I went to the game. They're like, oh, cool. You know, they'll get more into it. And even we have a, it's really we had an expo. Kind of yeah, we had an expo. And I saw his daughter. I saw one of our students at a game in the 32 oh, one time. And I was amazing. like, I was like, is that a kid from my school? <laughs> you know, and I was like, oops, let me put down this uh, beverage I had in my hand. I felt weird. This strong beverage. Yes, but no, it was cool. It was, and I see her at school and I'm like, hey, nice hat. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so that's cool. I mean, you know, I have my posters up and of stuff I like Dodgers and Lakers and LAFC, Messi and stuff like that. So they're, the kids know who I am, but you know, you only show them a certain part of you, a certain side of you, you know. Obviously, yeah. yeah. My my niece still. Every time she sees me these days, she yells at me because she saw me like cussing my Instagram <laughs> stories. And she's like, "Your yeah, uncle cusses," and I'm like, "All right, you're a little ratchet." Go <laughs> and, and if you, any of my students, if you're listening, turn this shit off for right now. <laughs> We're gonna warn the students in the morning. <laughs> yes, please do. Yeah. My daughter wanted to. She's like, "Are we gonna get to listen to it?" I was like, Ooh, "I don't know." <laughs> we'll see. There's this one guy we'll that see. you can't listen to. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> do you do you feel like Gary the teacher and Gary the dad are two different people, um, or they do you do you borrow from ideas from each of them? Um, I feel they can be the same person sometimes, but sometimes they are different. Like. I try, you know, my daughter will ask me. She's in third grade, so I teach third grade. So it's kind of oh, perfect. Now she's seeing like, oh, you would you could teach me this. She'll ask me math problems or like, yeah. give me a math problem or can you help me out with this? But she's in dual language, so she's her Spanish has way surpassed my Spanish already. <laughs> you know, so like her math problems are in Spanish. So I'll have to translate it. But I'm like, oh yeah, I know how to do this. You know, but um, I don't. I try not to be so teachery with them. You know, but. I, mm. No, sometimes I don't. Um, my my son is um he's uh, on the t- uh, you know he's on the spectrum, so it's a little bit different. Like so, I have to he helps me practice my patience, you know. And I when I have a student that is similar to my son, then I'm like, okay, I I know I know you. Yeah, I'll give you that extra patience that I might not have before, you know. So that being a father does if a student of a kid with special needs hasn't has helped change my teaching a little bit and. Hmm. Made me even more conscious of every kid's different, and yeah. Um, but then yeah, I try not to be too teachery with them. But I mean, my he does love my son does love reading so much, so that's easy. My daughter she loves school, so it's, those that's great. And um, yeah, I mean, I try to separate the two, but yeah. I'm sure it slips out more than I'd like to. Well, I just think it's like it's just so wild. Like I think about the North End, and I think about just the you know 
are getting to know each other and how many different like hats you wear, just like in the in your day to day life yeah. and like your week. Like I can't come, you know, I've got to do these parent teaser conferences and like so rarely in like the North End, at least for me, do I really know what anyone does for a living. Yeah. Like I hardly know what anyone does at all mm-hmm. until like something gets mentioned that might. Like, oh, I've got it. Someone's like, I've got a case this weekend. I'm like, you're either about to be in trouble or you're a lawyer. (laughs) I hope you're innocent. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't know which one you are, but I'm going to just sort of leave that. And um, yeah, but it's like for someone to have all these like sides themselves and you see them so often, but you don't quite get to see all those sides. And then as you get to know them a little bit more, you get to like see more and more. It's a really cool experience. And like, I don't know, man, thank you for like sharing all of that with us and thank you for like okay. bringing the black and gold vinyl club to the to the community with your boys we're going to get them on the pod soon i'm sure Definitely. um and hopefully you know at some point i'm going to bring back my dj my D- one dj name i've ever had which is called uh dj what, what did i call myself dj not young dweezy no it was a uh, fuck it had something to do with no shoes because i I was hired. This is a true story. The only times I've ever DJed. I was hired uh, for three different events in China to DJ. Mm-hmm. Paid $100 at each event. Mm. Felt great. $100 at that time in China was like a fortune. So I was feeling myself. <laughs> and I created very complicated and like rigid playlists and like had like a lot of like samples that like bled into the real song. And oh, I was just like, dude, that. it was just like, <laughs> I was just like doing it, you know, for people who have no idea what I'm doing or like uh-huh. don't care at all. And they're just like, you know, play like literally the most, the things I hate, you know, it was, it was like, <laughs> it was like oh, it was, uh, you know, it was really big when I was living there. It was a, I got a hangover. Whoa, I've been drinking too much for sure. You know that song? It's like, I do not. What is that? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. What it's, I don't know who the artist is, but I would hear. I think it's like Pitbull. I think it's Pitbulls in that song. I have no idea. <sighs> You're probably singing it horribly. <laughs> I'm not a singer. I said I'm a DJ. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so my my experiences were like this very brief brief time, but I've always like really respected you know like the curation of a great DJ and and people who who spin vinyl. I obviously love and. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the events Black and Gold Vinyl Club have coming soon. I know Spice has some DJ aspirations himself. Nah. He won't stop talking about him. He's like, I don't really care about clothes or sports. Nah. It's always been about DJing for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What, would you be, what would be your DJ name? Nah. <laughs> DJ Nah? DJ Nah. DJ Nah. Not for me. Okay. Spice ha- have you had, ever had a nickname Spice? Besides Posh Spice? No, not really. Oh, that blew my mind when your name came out. <laughs> Yo, I, was see, like, I wasn't I was the like, only what? one that was surprised. Yeah, it was all of us. We were, the I world was, like, was surprised. Yeah. I don't think it was the world. It's probably the four to seven people here. <laughs> There's been a few times when I listened to the podcast. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. Hey. I didn't know Walter. I mean, the Expos. And I didn't know Walter. That's, that's, that's what like, I'm well, fucking see, saying. Was like, right? That's like, what I'm fucking saying. I was like, what? I was like, oh. <laughs> Next time I saw them, next time I saw them, I mean, I was a late, I was late to the expo, so I didn't miss the first year or two. So I was like, oh, of course I knew guys, of course. (laughs) (laughs) They lived. They made a point of each coming up to me separately and then fucking just laughing at me. (laughs) The next time they saw me in person, so that's that's what that was. (laughs) And yeah. Well, one day we're gonna have to have, you know, that. That FCFC fest and get oh, Rastagari and yeah, I was gonna I was gonna one. mention um, 
I was going to, when this episode drops, I will, I made a playlist. I mean, because I had a set worked out that for that, you know, the fest and we all know it, you know, that got moved for yeah. great reasons. Yeah. And um, so I had a set ready to go and things I thought, you know, that would go with well. And so I'm going to, I want to drop that uh, playlist link. I've kept it secret on my Spotify. Hey, I kept it private. Hidden, so, hidden, you know, hidden. but I, you know, at, uh, I did an event maybe three or four months ago. It was a weekend of a game, or right after a game. I did it at Blipsy Bar also. And a good, you know, we had a good amount of people, black and gold people come out. And uh, half the set I dropped there was like that same set. Cause I knew Damn. I was like, I started, I started with Scarves Up. You know, I started with Ecstasy of Gold. And then uh. people were like, what? Yeah. Uh, and then I went into certain songs and like, Depeche Mode, uh, Just Can't Get Enough, and other songs that have LAFC uh, tinged things to me. So, mm. so yeah, that was all in that playlist. So I'm going to drop that link when this episode comes out. I'll say, hey, check my profile. and Yeah, check that you'll playlist. You'll get that FCFC, the, the, the secret playlist. Link in bio, link yeah, in link bio. bio. Rastog- yeah. Rastogara exclusive, exclusive, yeah. exclusive. Yeah, but that FCFC fest, yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah. I had a playlist for that right now. Oh, <laughs> man. That... that if this pandemic just lasted a little bit longer, we could have gotten it done, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, this has been another episode of the FCFC Pod. It's time to do recommendations. Yes. And <laughs> it's time to do recommendations. <laughs> Spice. Yo, my recommendation is Into the Spider-Verse, the animated feature film from three, four years ago. Mm. It's probably my favorite film in the last ten years. I don't know. I just that's my it's my favorite movie. I love that movie. I think the animation is so crazy, different, and beautiful. But at the same time, I think the voice actors and the story are just so heartfelt. And I love Spider Man. So it's just like I, all the good things coming together. Miles Morales is still, of Brooklyn. Is it still on Netflix? Or is it's not on Netflix oh, anymore? Oh, they took it off. Okay. Yeah, which is I was looking forward just yeah. to watch it. But um, I was like, I should rewatch it. Then. Yeah, then there's a there's a sequel coming out this year. So oh, really? yeah, kind of okay. looking forward to that. But cool. love that movie to death. And um, yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. Hit it with Gary. Let us know um, what well, we got to do. First, uh, go to a Belizean restaurant. Hey. Recommendations, let me know. Um, we Tracy's. have Tracy's, Tracy's, Tracy's over here in, uh, off of Vermont. I grew up in Gardena, so uh, <clears throat> we have the Blue Hole is in Gardena. It's like walking distance from my parents' old house. Um, so that's a good one. We got Little Belize in um, Inglewood. We got Paradise on the west side over off San Vicente. So yeah, there's... There's a few Belizean restaurants. Um, other than that, support support your local record store, your vinyl shops. Uh, I'll give shout outs to Record Jungle uh, record in Montebello. Jungle. That's is that your is that is that your go to your my favorite go to? And I feel like I'm burning it right now, but it's already been you know like more people know about it. But that's my favorite. You have where, to dig. You have to dig. It's off of uh, where does Poobah land on your? Uh, I never. I haven't been to Poobah in a long time. In Pasadena, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's no. They're good though. Pretty good. good. Um, yeah, but uh, Record Jungle is my number one. Um, Damn, that's a deep. That's Long a Beach. good record. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, like I mean, the the thing it's he just organizes by genre, so you have to dig. Like it's not like like for your A's, you know, you have to go in. But I found some gems there, and you know, a lot of diggers go there, and DJs go there as well. Um, Long Beach, I go to Fingerprints. Um, Bellflower has nice guy Eddie's. It's smaller, but that's my local local record store since I live in Bellflower now. So. Other than that, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, No Skips podcast with Shay Serrano was covering some fire hip hop albums. Like every episode, they'll do 
a album that you can't skip. You know, they just did a Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers latest episode. So that's great. no skips. Yeah, no, no skips. skips. No skips. No I mean, anything Chase Rana like. I just finished reading Hip Hop and Other Things, his latest book, and he has movies and other things. So what podcast. exactly did they do with those? Al- they just do album breakdowns? For the No Skips podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does album breakdowns. Okay. Like, they just pick any hip hop album and go through it. And like Kanye, Beautiful Twisted episode. He bought the Dissect guy, Cole. If you haven't listened to Dissect, that's a great podcast also. Um, yeah, he just pick a different hip hop album and each week. And they'll break it down. So I think they're on the second season now, but or third season now. But yeah, that's not great. And uh, last recommendation for all you uh, punk and hardcore kids: uh, Hate Five Six, H A T E, Number Five S I X Six. He films. It's like a films shows and he'll film concerts and throw them on there and. That's the only other thing I've ever been a Patreon of other than the FCFC podcast, R&B Patreon. So that's the only thing I've said, hey, I need to give this people money every month to kind of help them. So he's been traveling, travels to different festivals around the country, concerts around the country, even went to Japan and filmed some hardcore bands in Japan and released them. So 856 is, and he's very political as well and uh, aligns with my politics as well. And um yeah, that's uh, those are my recommendations. Gee, hell yeah, let's go! I'd love to see it. It's a full body recommendation list right there. I love that. My my, my recommendation is kind of whack compared to that. Uh, my dog was injured for a week, so I went and watched all the Lord of the Rings extended versions. Let's go! Uh, first time watching Lord of the Rings. It's it's great. Uh, so if there's any like classics that you just decided you didn't feel like watching it at the time, go back and. Mm. You know, revisit some history. Yeah, bitch. If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. That's true. You're so wise. So I got two recommendations tonight. One is a little bit strange. Uh, I, like you listeners, might have trouble watching MLS games from time to time because they're just not often that great of football. Amen. And... uh, it's tough to keep track of what's going on in the league because you don't really want to watch other games because they're not great football. Uh, and you're not going to click through and watch all those videos on MLS soccer of all the different highlights and they have these ads that kind of like keep fucking up and popping up. Anyways, they have a show, and I might be late to the party here, called the MLS Review Show. If you click on the videos tab of MLSsoccer.com, I used to write for MLSsoccer.com. This is an endorsement of that website. That website has many, many problems, <laughs> and I do, uh, uh, I'm not getting into that, but this this MLS review show that comes out after the games are over every week is actually kind of nice. It's hmm. 20 to 30 minutes. It's probably like 25 minutes, I want to say, and um, it's done like the Bundesliga one. If you guys have ever watched like Bundesliga review show, it's just 30 minutes. It shows all the games, hmm. all the goals of all the games, and like the games that weren't that important, they kind of just narrate through, and then they'll cut and they'll let the announcer come through, and they're... Um, for better or worse, they're British. The accents are British, mm. which is like... No to American announcers. Yeah, it's kind of helpful, especially because certain American announcers are all right, but most of the time, especially if they tried too hard, it just gets obnoxious, as we experienced during the Miami game. Um, I don't know who was announcing that, but that was horrendous. So it's a good thing Fire to that. check out if you if you want to just not watch anything to do with MLS besides 30 minutes of your life every week. Um, it's actually, I think it's the best way to absorb MLS. 
Um, number two, two. Number two is we often, we, and by we, I mean me, because I'm the only one who tells you to go outside more. <laughs> I tell you to go outside. Uh, Eaton Canyon is a very short drive from basically anywhere in LA. It's right there at the foothills of Pasadena near Altadena. You can go out there to Poobah Records or other glorious places in Pasadena. Go watch a game at Lucky's and then go to the, the Eaton Canyon. And it's only like a, I think it's two miles up and it's a waterfall. Beautiful waterfall right there. Two miles. I had been there years and years ago, but I went over the weekend twice. Ran into Tetlo while I was there. Whoa. Uh, our, our, Ooh, guest, our guest from October. Yeah. Shout out to Tetlo. Shout out to the crew. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's not that crowded right now. Um, summertime, it'll get really hot, but obviously you can cool off in the cold water. But the best part is you might be hiking up there and sit down on a rock and the person who sits beside you is Ron Artest, which oh, is what wow. happened to me on this hike. World Meta Peace. Meta, Meta, World, World, Peace Meta World Peace sits next to me and I just got to tell the story real quick because it goes with the recommendation. There was this kid who came with an iguana. He brought his iguana on the hike to the waterfall, this big iguana, and he's wearing a Lakers jersey, okay? Uh-huh. And he brings it and he sets it on this branch and Artest is sitting next to me and next to him is this guy. And I, at that time, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Meta World Peace. I wasn't like 100% sure, but I like, you know, I was like, yeah, I think that's him. And then this guy with the Lakers jersey, he's like playing with his his uh, iguana and Ron Artest is like, hey, is that an iguana? And they just start talking about this whole iguana. And this guy's like high as hell, this kid, you know? <laughs> or he seems like super high. Like who else is going to bring their iguana? Like, and I, by, by kid, I mean, I bet he was like, I bet he was 22. Mm. That's my estimation. Um and then he's sitting there and he has this moment where he's like, wait, are you Meta World Peace? And he's just like, yeah. And he's like, oh. And he just <laughs> he takes a photo, like just like of him, you know, just like puts his camera away. And then they just keep talking about the iguana. So he just starts asking him more questions about the iguana. And he's just like, and he was, he really was like the most peaceful dude. Yeah. And like, he, he's just telling all of his boys who, like, seemed to me like they just, like, he sprung this on them that day. Like, I'm just going to go to Eaton Canyon on a hike. He's just like, man, everybody's just up here. And they're all just taking a little break from their regular lives, you know? Being outside, it's a beautiful thing. And I was like, Ron Artest just said everything I've ever wanted to tell the FCFC podcast about why you guys should go for hikes and, and be outside in Los Angeles. <laughs> so if you don't listen yeah. to me, listen to Meta World Peace. He's the one recommending this. Bring your iguana if you got one. And uh, keep he, it real. He just connected it back to Belize because iguanas are all everywhere yeah if my, if my dad listens to this he'd be like oh iguanas he's like oh I love iguanas <laughs> dude Belize Belize them iguanas all up in there alright I also forgot to say you know definitely follow Black and Gold yes, Final yes. Club on Instagram but it's not we use Black A-N-D Gold Final Club so if you're looking for us Black and Gold Final Club if you haven't followed us and I'm Rastagari on Instagram R-A-S-T-A G-A-R-I even though my name is G-A-R-Y in real life, yes. which is a surprise to many people. Many people just call me Rasta. The deception. Or R-I, but yeah. Well, let them call you whatever you want as long as exactly. you're following the Black and Gold Final <laughs> Club. You know? Yeah, but follow Black as long and Gold Final Club. As long as you're a member. We're yes. here. Shout out. And on that note, this has been another episode of the FCFC Pod. Appreciate y'all listening in. Bye. FCFC. 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 FSA, FSA, FCFC, FSA, 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 FSA